Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Bay Area Panthers pod. Part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Grandy and Evan Giddings. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Bay Area Panthers pod on the 95.7 The Game podcast network. That is Mark Grandy. My name is Evan Giddings. And Mark, it's it's happened, man. I mean, a storybook type of season for the Bay Area Panthers continue as the two-seeded Panthers this weekend at the SAP Center are victorious in the IFL Western Conference Championship they beat the four-seeded Northern Arizona Wranglers by a final score of 68-46. to 46. Uh, It was a back-and-forth game at points, but one that Bay Area, after falling behind early, I thought controlled from about kind of midway uh, to the tail end of the second quarter all the way through the end of the game. And now they set up a chance to go win it all, essentially. They're taking on the Sioux Falls Storm, who gave the Panthers a little bit of help by defeating the Frisco Fighters in the Eastern Conference Championship, but that sets up a date for the IFL National Championship this Saturday, August 5th, at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, Nevada. And, I mean, Mark, simply put, it's kind of hard to... It was, I should say, it was hard to envision at the beginning of the season Hmm. this coming into fruition, but we knew that the Panthers had a great roster. We knew that they had a quality coaching staff with, with, of course, great direction from the front office. And damn it, they put it together. They did it. Yeah, they did. You're right. Hard to envision this as as a legitimate possibility early in the year when we started this journey way back in in mid-March. But I think you and I would both agree. And in fact, I I know you do because we were talking about it before the game on Saturday. We didn't, of course, want to come out on the air during the broadcast and and say that this should be a double-digit win for the Panthers. Um, But they went out and, and did... I think what we really both expected them to do, they win 68 to 46. You're right. It, it was back and forth. There were a few moments where you, you got a little bit nervous. If you're a Bay Area Panther fan, obviously Northern Arizona scored first. They had two different leads in the first quarter, um, but then Bay Area took over and, and kind of controlled the game. Northern Arizona got back within single digits late in the third quarter but Bay Area responded with with consecutive touchdowns in about a four-minute span. 
Um, so whenever they were faced with a little bit of pressure, they responded, they bounced back, and, and they got right back on the horse and, and pushed it up to a, a three-score lead once again. I, I think which is kind of the story of this team's season for the most part. When they have been uh, you know, kind of punched in the mouth, they've gotten right back up and, and they've punched back, which is a really good quality to have. And, and I think generally uh, those traits come from your coaching staff. Obviously, the players deserve a ton of credit, but I, I think the staff – um, kind of instills that sort of uh, mindset uh, on a roster. But you're right, hard to envision this as something that, that would come into fruition at this point in the year. Um, but considering all we knew about this team, considering what we knew about Northern Arizona entering this game, this specific result, this one game, Evan, not really all that surprising to me. Bay Area was, what, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite um, and, and they came out and, and really controlled the game after giving up a couple of early scores. They dominated the rest of the way. They were in control, uh, and it was just fantastic to see them put together a, a really great performance, specifically on the ground, in up to this point, the biggest game in franchise history. Yeah, I think, look, this game wasn't exactly like the first meeting in week six between these two sides when Northern Arizona came to San Jose, Barry at I mean, just flatly beat the crap out of them. It was the most dominating performance of the season, 47 to 13. But then their second meeting in Prescott Valley kind of, I think, maybe allowed the possibility of a loss in this situation to creep into your mind just because Northern Arizona did what it has done in order to get to that point of making the Final Four, which is muck it up, try and turn over the Panthers, try and make those kind of third down and fourth down situations difficult. But to your point, whenever the Bay Area Panthers needed to play, they made one. And that was evident by going five of seven on third down, two of two on the only two opportunities they did not convert on third down. So if you're looking at those seven chances, kind of extending drive opportunities or scoring chances, uh, they got all of them. They were eight for eight in the red zone. They only missed two extra points. Uh, and Mark, in the first quarter of this football game, in Northern Arizona, what also was not surprising to me was them coming out and trying to kind of set the tone and grab the lead, which is what they did in their semifinal win over Arizona. A seven-play, 44-yard drive that spans four and a half minutes. Uh, I think you had an astute observation before the game that Northern Arizona was going to have to try and score based off of chunk plays, deep plays. They got a 24-yard touchdown from uh, your guy, arguably the best receiver in the IFL, Ramad Jockeyau <laughs> Bowman, to begin the first drive. And then the Panthers marched right down the field with their own seven-play drive, taking five and a half minutes, which has not been a calling card for this Panthers team. They have generally been a quick-strike group, but instead, to your point, they go right to the ground. Dalton Sneed did not complete a pass, I think, until the second quarter of this football game because it was Sneed. Sneed, then Rankin, then Rankin, then Sneed, then Rankin. And they end up capping it off with a nine-yard touchdown run to Justin Rankin. Northern Arizona responds with a six-play, 43-yard drive. Uh, Jared Ware Jr. gets wide open out of the backfield, kind of a breakdown in coverage by the Panthers. But maybe most importantly through the first quarter mark, the Wranglers, who had kind of a, an ace up their sleeve with their kicker, Connor Mangan, who has, I don't know if he's necessarily – you know, evolved the kicking game, but he set, he definitely took it to a new level. He employs this kind of rugby style drop kick that gets you an extra point in addition to the extra point. So it's worth two. 
And he missed both of them in the first quarter. So even though Northern Arizona had a chance to maybe go up by a total of nine points, they only find themselves up by six and it's 12 to seven after the first. Yeah. And and you look at after Bay Area scored to open the second quarter, both teams had scored two touchdowns at that point. Yet Bay Area was ahead by two points as the result, because Craig Peterson made both of his extra points for the Panthers and Connor Mangan missed both of his um, I'm not sure if it's anything that Bay Area did. Maybe you credit Nye Jackson and his pregame trash talk of Connor Mangan, who I know uh, you referenced uh, on on the broadcast a couple of times. Uh, Nye Jackson apparently got not in his face, but got near him, close enough to where he could hear him while he was warming up pregame with the dropkick, and said, "Hey, you're gonna miss you're gonna miss some of those in game." Uh, and and you're, I'm going to let you know about it or, or something along those lines. And he, he did. Uh, I think Bay Area probably just got a little bit of luck there. And it wasn't just the first two that he missed. He also missed uh, the third for, for their third score of the, of the first half that came at the very end of the first half. He missed that drop kick. Um, and then they, they went to some more straightforward field goal attempts, extra points after that before eventually getting back to drop kicks. And he would convert on one, I remember in the fourth quarter. Um, but Bay Area got a little bit of luck there. I would imagine they'll certainly take it. Um, but this wasn't a game that was going to be determined on a kick here, a kick there. Bay Area was just better than Northern Arizona. You, you talked about the rushing attack early. Uh, Dalton Sneed's lack of passing attempts. He obviously threw it more in the second half. Um, but still, they were incredibly effective on the ground and it's, it's wild to me that they still put up 68 points uh, with how much they ran the ball. And they didn't really have like a 30-yard touchdown run. They, they didn't have those big plays on the ground. They just consistently were getting five, six, seven, eight yards on the ground. Uh, and on a 50-yard IFL field, sometimes you even get the ball at the 15 or 20-yard line to start a drive. You don't have to go all that far. You just run the ball five times, and guess what? Based on your average of about five yards a pop, you're in the end zone. So I was incredibly impressed. Really, the last two weeks, they did this against Tucson as well. They just dominated on the ground against two good defenses against the run. Um, And I think it's just a credit to, obviously, the players that Bay Area has, but also the coaching staff finding um, ways to make all strength of their offense work against the strength of their opponent's defense, because that was not something I was expecting necessarily coming into either of these two games, the Bay area rushing attack to dominate, uh, but it certainly did. Yeah. And look, it talked to Dixie Wooten offensive coordinator, who by the way, along with Rob Keefe were named uh, earlier this week, all IFL IFL assistant coaches of the year, co assistant coaches of the year and duly deserved to them who have done a fantastic job as the OC in the, in uh, Wooden's case, Wooden's as well as uh, the DC and special teams coordinator for Rob Keefe. But I was talking to Dixie before the game and it just kind of asked him to compare Tucson with Northern Arizona because there's different players, there's different accolades, but on paper they're pretty similar as far as, you know, they're, they're rushing defense. And I thought the D lines were the strength of both teams. And he said, well, Northern Arizona probably gets, to the quarterback more, they're better in pass rush, but Tucson is probably the better run defense. Mm. And so either way you slice it, those are some big boys up front that I got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line. 
Um, Amari Catchings, Kyle Davis was a starting center for this game. And then Jermaine Ledbetter, along with Elijah Lipscomb, who we saw come in for kind of those jumbo package formations with three offensive linemen and a big fullback. But they ran the ball 37 times for 150 yards, <laughs> 100 and, well, nearly 150 yards. And of course, at the head of the snake, as always, was uh, the most recent All-IFL second team selection mark. I don't know if those had come out by the time we recorded last week, but Justin Ranka was named to the second team following his first team selection last year. And he took that to heart because that guy was unbelievably locked in. I have not seen a guy warm up before any sort of sporting event with as much intensity, <laughs> fervor, and kind of single narrow-mindedness than Justin Rankin. He had his shirt off before the game when he was running drills. He was screaming at himself. He was trying to get his guys pumped up by just his presence, not even talking to them. Uh, but he had 88 yards and six touchdowns and what will go down as a pretty legendary performance by a Barrier Panthers player. And not that they needed all six, Mark, but it felt like they were trying to prove a point with how much, not only they ran the football, but how much Justin Rankin got into the end zone. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's been incredible all season long. His season high was four rushing touchdowns, and he did it multiple times. Uh, he had four alone in the second half, including three in the fourth quarter uh, for six total touchdowns uh, in that uh, Western Conference championship game win for the Bay Area Panthers. <laughs> he was really loud pregame. We got there, what, about three hours, maybe three and a half hours before kick. We got there pretty early because, you know, wanted to to make sure we had plenty of time for prep and, and get ready for, for the biggest game of the season up to that point. And, you know, the arena is otherwise empty. There's a few players out there early getting some work in, including Justin Rankin. And it kind of seemed like invariably every what, like, five minutes you'd hear a scream and you look down in the field and it's just Justin Rankin finishing up a you know a 15 yard 20 yard sprint or or, or whatever it was he was into it you're right 100 from early on I think he was frustrated and I think his team was upset for him that he wasn't a first team all IFL selection and obviously the team isn't going to chase a, a an individual stat uh and and have that risk them getting a win but once you saw how he was running the ball and and once you you kind of felt the the safety of bay area's three score lead at times during the fourth quarter i think the team was like all right you know let's see if we can get ranking five maybe six touchdowns and and i'm glad it worked out the way it was because he has 100 been the engine that has made this offense work think back to the one game he missed it was Bay Area's only home loss of the year, and it came to the team they defeated last week when that when they beat Tucson in the semifinal uh, in the Western Conference. So, one hundred percent, an incredibly valuable player. Talk a lot about Dalton Snead as this team's MVP, and rightly so. He's the quarterback. He's the most important player. Justin Rankin deserves um, recognition for that as well. He he has been incredible, and he he carried this offense on Saturday and, and is a gigantic reason, if not the number one reason, the number two reason, that's for sure why this team is headed to the championship game. Yeah. And he began the scoring in the second quarter with a three yard run at that point, like Mark mentioned, they had the Barry Panthers up 14 to 12. And then the defense gets one of their two stops on the ensuing possession, forcing a missed 27 yard field goal for Mangan. And at that point, not that the Panthers felt like they had control of the football game, but they were able to go down and score a big fourth down conversion. And then uh, JT Stokes with 39 seconds left is able to find 
um, a connection with Dalton Sneed to cap a nine-play, 45-yard drive to put them up 20-12. to And at that point, you thought they might have had a chance to and not only, of course, score toward the tail end of the first half, but you get a stop, you get the blot of the third quarter, you can kind of stack those those two scores. Uh, but Northern Arizona didn't roll over. And in fact, they had a chance to tie the game because on third down with 16 seconds left, Nick Watson hits Ryan Wisniewski for a 23-yard touchdown pass in which both you and I kind of felt like Marquise Bridges might have gambled a bit to try and make a play. Uh, but Wisniewski, who was a member of the All-IFL rookie team, made a great catch, scored with nine seconds left. And at that point, even though Connor Mangia did miss the drop kick extra point, it's basically a brand new ball game if you don't score before the half. And of <laughs> course, <a> big if. <laughs> yeah, big if, because a uh, spoiler alert, they did. And it was basically just a, a throw them up, Hail Mary towards the corner of the end zone with three seconds left from the 11 yard line. Dalton Sneed just dropped back. Uh, Northern Arizona didn't bring much pressure, so he had plenty of time back in the pocket, and he finds Nye Jackson in the back corner of the end zone who made probably the best catch I have seen this season. I know there's been a couple of plays where guys have gone over the barrier, made plays into the stands, but in that situation, in that game, at that time, for Nye Jackson to make the play that he did and for Dalton Sneed to put the ball in the place that he did was unbelievable. And that, even though the game was not over at that point, that had to be an incredible incredibly deflating moment if you're Northern Arizona. And uh, and, and you kind of called it, Mark, because they were playing press coverage on Nye Jackson with a few seconds left in the first half. And so Dalton Steed just said, I'm going to throw it to the guy that's 6'3", being covered by a guy that's 5'10". Yeah, no, 39-yard touchdown started with nine seconds left. Bay Area had already used their timeouts. So if you're Northern Arizona, I don't know, you... You don't just play back near Bay Area's end zone. There's time for two, if not three, plays for Bay Area if they're relatively quick moving. But you don't play up at the line of scrimmage, at least not in my mind. You, you give yourself a, I don't know, a seven-yard cushion and just keep everything in front of you. If they gain 15 yards, okay, that's fine. At worst, they're going to have one more shot. Maybe they go to the end zone from 15 after they gain those 15 yards. It would have been from about midfield. Um, and you knock it down, whatever, and, and then they attempt a field goal or maybe time expires. You just can't take the risk of Bay Area beating you over the top. And while the entire first half just about was on the ground, um, Bay Area has the ability to go through the air and to beat you deep downfield. I mean, there was a stretch of what, like four consecutive games, if you remember, about midway through the season when this team finally started beginning to, to get that edge. Um, where they scored on their first play from scrimmage like four consecutive games. And they were almost all, if memory serves, deep shots to Nye Jackson. It felt like everyone in the building knew what was coming. Just Northern Arizona didn't pick the best defense for it. So Bay Area took advantage, and it was a gigantic moment because you're right, at that point, it was three touchdowns to three touchdowns. Bay Area just had the, the lead because of a couple of missed extra points by Northern Arizona. That touchdown puts Bay Area up by the score, plus those those two missed extra points. And then they got the ball out of halftime, and they did what they, they love to do. They double-dipped. They got two scores for the price of one, and suddenly what was very close to a tied game just before halftime, you're looking at a double-digit, a, a two-score game uh, in favor of the Bay Area Panthers. So that final heave, that touchdown to Nye Jackson to close the first half, probably 
Evan, the most important play of the game for Bay Area. I'm not sure they would have lost if they didn't get it, uh, but it's certainly not going to be the, I don't want to say the the snoozer in the second half that it was, because it wasn't really a snoozer, but it would have been 100% not nearly as comfortable for Bay Area, and it could have come down to the, the few final possessions, who knows, if they weren't able to get that touchdown to close the first half. Yeah, no, exactly. And Dalton Sneed had, what was it, two completions in the first half, both of them for touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, he was like two of five at the half. I mean, he only threw the ball seven times in this game. Uh, he only had one non-completion that was not a touchdown. And to me, look, I, I know that he was not a member of the All-IFL team. Uh, by the way, the other members named to the All-IFL second team, in addition to Rankin, were JT Stokes, Offensive lineman Amari Catchings and defensive lineman Tavon Grants, who was also a member as well as Catchings of the All IFL rookie team. Um, Grant made a big play later in the game that we can get to, but you know you, you pretty much at that point are in a position mark where all you have to do is just keep pace and continue to score, and that is one thing that this Barry Panthers team can do with the best of them. They put up over 50 points during the regular season. They were top three scoring offense, even though the yardage might not have matched up. That's because of kind of the situations they found themselves in, which is when you play from ahead, you force the opposition, and in this case, the underdog, Northern Arizona, to try and get creative, to try and kick on sides, to try and take chances. Because if you have the better roster and you play from ahead, you play with the upper hand, especially if you're at home in front of the crowd uh, like SAP. So, you know, I know maybe the numbers as far as total yardage haven't matched up all season, but this offense just basically said, stop us from running the football. And in the second half, uh, Ramon Jockeyow Bowman did respond with a three-yard score after the Dalton Sneed two-yard run to begin the third quarter after a five-play drive for the Panthers. Then comes the onside kick, because if you're looking at it from the Wranglers' perspective, you're down by eight. You maybe have a chance. I thought that was the one onside um, the one, I guess, play that Northern Arizona got created that they could have maybe caught Barry off guard. But fortunately for the Panthers, it skips up into the stands. No harm, no foul. Three plays later, Justin Rankin punches in a three-yard run to make it another 15-point game with the extra point. Um, Northern Arizona bounces back with a Nick Watson run. And then uh, maybe I would say the biggest play of the the fourth quarter because the rest, it kind of went downhill in Bay Area's favor. But a fourth down from the 13-yard line, and Dalton Sneed with a blitz, you know, basically mm. barreling down upon him, stands in the pocket and delivers a strike to a crossing J.T. Stokes, who makes a man miss and gets into the end zone from 13 yards. But not only the physicality of Dalton Sneed, the accuracy on display, also the playmaking ability of the guy I just mentioned who was named All-IFL second team. So from there, you're up 15 again, and then you get the big stop on defense, and at that point, it's pretty much curtains. Yeah, and then it was just a, a one-play drive after the turnover on downs. Rankin ran it in from seven yards out, and suddenly you're looking at a 22-point lead when it was just an eight-point lead a little bit ago. That defensive stop really did seal it. I'm glad you brought up that Dalton Sneed fourth-down conversion to JT Stokes with the free blitzer coming from the linebacking position. I thought Bay Area had the perfect play call drawn up. If you're throwing against the blitz and you're not going to have your running back in the backfield to pick up the blitz, what's the best call? You need a quick hitter, and it was just a simple crossing pattern over the middle part of the field that the slant for JT Stokes, if you're Dalton Sneed, you know 
you're getting hit. You see the blitz coming. You know Justin Rankin, your your uh, your running back, who oftentimes picks up blitzing linebackers. You know he's not there to help protect you. You know your offensive linemen are already dealing with their three down linemen. That linebacker is coming at you, running straight for you. Um, what are you going to have to do? Dalton Sneed steps into the throw, takes the hit, delivers a strike. It turns into a touchdown, which, as you then mentioned, turned into a stop and then another touchdown. And at that point, the game essentially over. But I think the larger point about Dalton Sneed, that was just one example. How tough is this guy? You look at what he did throughout this game. I'm, I'm not even focused at all on the passing numbers. He didn't turn the ball over again, which is fantastic. But he ran the ball 15 times for 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he took a number of big hits. He even took a hit uh, when he was laying a block. I think it was for Rankin's last touchdown where he reversed field and Sneed was not supposed to be a blocker. I mean, generally your quarterback is not a blocker, but Rankin went nowhere to the left. Reverse I think field that was back. also a fourth down too. It might've been. And, and Sneed ultimately kind of found himself in a position where he needed to lay a block. He did. And he, he took a little bit of a hit. Helped Rankin get in the, into the end zone. He was a little slow getting up. At that point, I thought maybe his night was done. He did come back in. I guess that was Rankin's fifth touchdown because he came back in and handed the ball off to Rankin a few more times for him to get his sixth touchdown. Um, but just the the toughness of Dalton Sneed that was on display all game long. We've seen a certain level of toughness, Evan, from him all season long. But this seemed like a, a step above for him. He was incredible. Again, not his most prolific passing game. He only had one rushing touchdown. Nothing that's going to jump off the page for you when you look at the statistics, you look at the box score. But his physicality and his willingness to just take hit after hit after hit uh, and, and lead this team down the field in the process, it was evident from the first quarter all the way to the very end of the game. He was incredible. And then after the game, he was emotional when, when he, he took the mic at midfield and addressed the crowd. Uh, a, a very well-deserved moment for him. Um, but but I think his physicality was a, a major reason why Bay Area was able to, to win this game by double digits. He was just willing to take hits. And at some point in football, it, it just becomes which team is able to to deal with the physicality better and there are a few quarterbacks in this league that deal with it as as well as Dalton Sneed does yeah and I know we don't have a, a ton of time left I do want to get to the actual IFL national championship in just a minute but the the, the back-to-back plays that kind of summed up Dalton Sneed's night to me was uh the first drive out of half in which the play before his two-yard touchdown run which by the way uh, was a beautiful option, had a one-on-one -on -one with the defensive back, was able to kind of maneuver around him, and then got slammed into the turf as he reached for the pylon for the goal line and got in. The play before that, if you remember, was an unnecessary roughness after the play that actually, it looked like Dalton Sneed got hit pretty damn hard. I think it was Jaquan Artis, who's like a 250-pound <laughs> and a reigning IFL defensive player of the year that stuck him after the play, clearly late beyond the whistle, he gets hit and is down for quite some time and then calls his own number the play after and runs for a touchdown in which he takes in maybe a less vicious hit, but equally as impactful. So Dalton Seed, uh, 
you know, salute to you. And, and I mm-hmm. think the physicality, like you were saying, was on full display there for a guy who also might have had something to prove as he was not named either uh, to either of the all IFL second teams um, or first or second team. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As far as what's up next for the Barry Panthers markets, it's the IFL National Championship. And it's August 5th, this Saturday, 105 kick at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, Nevada. A place the Panthers have already won this year because it's the home of the Vegas Nighthawks. But this is a storm team mark in Sioux Falls that defeated and upset the Frisco fighters after a 20 point first half deficit on the road against, I mean, the best team all season long in the IFL. I know the Panthers beat him at home. I know they barely lost on the road without Dalton Snead, who is out with an illness, that football game, but uh storm quarterback Lorenzo, Lorenzo Brown jr. Had six total touchdowns, three passing, three rushing, even though he was 13 of 30, it took just about everything for Sioux Falls to win that football game 45-44, to 44, including a last-second two-point conversion that got them over the top. So this is a gutsy Sioux Falls team. It's also a Storm team that Barry has not seen before. Um, but I'm expecting, even though they caught a break as far as the one seed being knocked off, I'm expecting an equally physical football game, if not more so than the one they had last week against the Wranglers. Oh, yeah. and. It- Frisco was the top team in the league all year long. No doubt about that. It's not like Sioux Falls is some kind of scrub. I mean, they're 11 and 6, two of those wins here in the postseason. They're 9 and 6 in the regular season. Bay Area was 10 and 5. So they're right there with Bay Area in terms of regular season success. And now, of course, both teams have picked up two wins in the postseason. But I was just impressed with the way Sioux Falls, and, and you laid it out really well there. The way they responded, I mean, you're down 27 to 7 after Frisco scores with seven seconds left in the second quarter. A deep pass from TJ Edwards, who you mentioned Dalton Sneed not on an all IFL team. TJ Edwards, deservedly so, was the first team quarterback. He, he's been incredible all season. Uh, to Fazion McClurge, 26 yards. At that point, Frisco goes up by 20. Sioux Falls has only seven seconds to work with. You think, all right. We're going to go into halftime down by 20, but they get a field goal just before the half, uh, and and they cut it to 17. They get the ball out of the break. They score. Suddenly, it's an 11-point game, and they scored again after they got a stop, and then they scored again after another stop. And before you can even blink, early in the fourth quarter, 
They're out in front 30-27. to 27. So they scored 23 unanswered in a little more than a quarter. And then Frisco's suddenly in the fight for their life. It was a wild finish down to the end. Sioux Falls was down by a touchdown when uh, TJ Edwards ran one in from five yards out with 46 seconds left. Sioux Falls goes back down on the road in Frisco, scores with 12 seconds left, and decide to go for two. And on an incredible play, quarterback rolls out to the right on the two-point conversion attempt. Nowhere to go. The play call was designed to go to the right. He, he can't find anyone. Throws it all the way back across his body and the field to the left front pylon and kind of a, a just a, a basket catch made as it got past the arms of the defenders into his into his lap, it, it turned into the two-point conversion, and Sioux Falls came out on top. So, I mean, obviously, this is an incredibly talented team. They, they wouldn't be here without that. But just the way that they fought back with everything going against them through that first half, and they were able to come out on top on the road uh, in, in a really great and fun uh, road environment in Frisco just speaks to what this team is capable of. I agree. I think Bay Area caught a break by Frisco not meeting them in Vegas, in Henderson, Nevada, officially, um, but does not mean that this Sioux Falls team is any slouch because they've been really good all season long, and they as well, much like Bay Area, Evan, uh, is playing their best football of the season right now. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah, and just looking at you know some of their, their basic statistics, this isn't a team that – can't score, but they don't put up points in a hurry. Kind of middle of the pack, 46.7 points per game to Barry's 52.3. Uh, the Panthers and Sioux Falls have been similar as far as defensive concern. Both allow about 43 points per game. Um, but, you know, Sioux Falls is not great against the run. Total yardage in favor of Sioux Falls. Uh, but this is a team that did turn over, like you're talking about, a first-team All-IFL quarterback in T.J. Edwards. Turned him over um, three times, three interceptions and two sacks, and they limited Frisco and that very explosive offense to 17 points in the second half. So this is a team that can turn it on when they need to. So Barry is going to have to have its best foot forward if they want to become the IFL champs, and that will be on August 5th, this Saturday, at Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, Nevada. And uh, for those of you, I don't know, looking to make the trip, by the way, if you go to barrypanthers.com, so graciously, they have set up a discount site for fans. So 25% mm. off if you are wanting to go to Henderson to witness potential history for the Barry Panthers. I mean, it's going to be historic either way. It's first IFL National Championship in franchise history, but they have a chance to go from worst to first, and you could be there yourself. So get to BarryPanthers.com if you're going to be in Vegas or Henderson, and there's a 25% discount waiting for you at BarryPanthers.com. Uh, we'll be back next week to wrap up the season, no matter if it's a victory, no matter if it's a loss. Uh, extremely grateful and proud of these Panthers for what they've done this season, being able to turn things around. You can listen at 95.7 The Game. It will be live. Dave Lewis will have the call along with Steve Pappas for that one. Um, but I had a heck of a time this season doing the home games, Mark. And I just hope that this team, like even if they don't win, it, it's been an unbelievable season. And so I'm glad we get one more episode on the Barry Panthers pod next week to uh, to wrap it up, put a bow on it.
Yeah, I mean, think back to a year ago at this point. We weren't doing the pod anymore because the team wasn't in the playoffs. They only won one game, of course. It, I mean, inaugural season, there are all those challenges. We spend a lot of time talking about that. But the fact that we still have meaningful Panther football to watch at this stage of the of the year is absolutely incredible. It's amazing. And I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday. Should be a ton of fun. Hopefully they get the job done. But you're right, win or lose, we'll be back with uh, one more episode of the pod to close things out next week. And if you can't listen on 95.7 The Game, I believe it'll be broadcasted on CBS Sports. So if you want to actually watch the Panthers, you can do that as well. You can also listen. We encourage you to check out Dave and Steve. Uh, But that'll do it for this episode of the Barry Panthers pod. The Barry Panthers are IFL Western Conference champions after they beat the Northern Arizona Wranglers at SAP Center 68-48. to They will take on the Sioux Falls Storms in the IFL National Championship on Saturday, August 5th, 105 kick from Dollar Loan Center Pacific Time in Henderson. So we'll be back next week to wrap things up. We appreciate you tuning into this episode of the Barry Panthers pod, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bay Area Panthers Pod, part of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.